Hello, and welcome back to The Other Side. I'm Inesu, and yes, I have already started listening to Christmas music in November. And I'm Cohen, and she's crazy for listening to Christmas music in November. As many of you know, the presidential election is occurring tomorrow, so we thought we'd come out with an episode discussing a more political topic. Today, we are going to be tackling abortion. This is definitely an important topic because it can dictate the way somebody votes entirely, so we thought it would be an important one to cover. Again, our podcast is based on facts and not opinions. Until the prompted discussion at the end, we're not going to share our own personal beliefs. Now let's dive right into both sides of pro-life, pro-choice debate. So for this episode, I'm going to be debating the pro-life side. And before I actually start with the debate, I'm going to talk about what pro-life and abortion actually mean. So pro-life means that you don't support any means of abortion, which means to deliberately terminate a human pregnancy. This goes against the pro-choice belief that says women should have the choice to end their pregnancy. There are three main forms of abortion, and before I talk about those, I want to mention that there are 40 weeks in a full pregnancy. So the first form is medical abortion, or the abortion pill. This can be taken 10 to 24 weeks into the pregnancy, and it basically causes an early miscarriage in the woman. The second one is a surgical abortion and is vacuum aspiration. This can be done up to 15 weeks into the pregnancy, and it removes the fetus by gentle suction. It is generally a quick recovery, and there is no overnight stay. The third and final form of abortion is dilation and evacuation. This can be done 15 to 24 weeks into the pregnancy, and it is performed with general anesthetic, and the fetus is removed with narrow forceps, basically giant tweezers, through the neck of the birth canal. This uses some gentle suction, and you can sometimes stay overnight, but it just depends on how well the procedure goes. In this segment, I'm going to be discussing the physical effects of abortion. Abortion can involve health risks and side effects for the mother, such as pain, discomfort, heavy bleeding, infection, and in some cases, injury to internal organs or unhealthy reactions to medicine given. Abortions completed later in the pregnancy, mostly 30 weeks afterwards, can have serious health risks, such as damage to the uterus. 68,000 women die of unsafe abortion annually. That is about 13%. Of the women who do survive, about 10% will suffer long-term health complications. Most of these deaths are caused because of unsafe abortion. Women who are engaging in unsafe abortions may be doing it because of legality or financial instability. In this next segment, I'll be talking more about the psychological and ethical reasons why abortion should not be legal. Unborn babies are considered to be humans as issued by the U.S. government. In the Declaration of Independence, it states that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by the Creator with certain undeniable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Unborn Victims of Violence Act was enacted to protect unborn children from assault and murder. It states that under federal law, anybody intentionally killing or attempting to kill an unborn child should be punished for intentionally killing or attempting to kill a human being. As you can see, abortion is currently classified as murder and could leave serious psychological damage to the mother. Life also begins at conception, so unborn babies are human beings with a right to life. 
Maureen Kondik, Ph.D., Associate Professor of Neurobiology and Anatomy and Adjunct Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Utah School of Medicine, explains that the most primitive response to pain, the spine reflex, is developed by eight weeks gestation and adds that there is universal agreement that pain is detected by the fetus in the first trimester. Another professor at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center says that the fetus would experience severe and excruciating pain. Bernard N. Nathanson, MD, a late abortion doctor who renounced his work and became a pro-life activist, stated that when an abortion is performed on a 12-week-old fetus, they can see the child's mouth open in a silent scream. This is the silent scream of a child threatened imminently with extinction. Abortions also reduce the number of adoptable babies. Some families are not able to conceive, so they rely on the adoption system for children. When abortions are happening, though, the number of adoptable babies drops from 90,000 in 1972 to 18,000 in 2016, and that is just in the United States. Around 2.6 million Americans are seeking to adopt. Abortions can also be selective. 80% of women have aborted their babies because of mental disabilities or physical imperfections. Abortion is also turned into a sort of convenience. 45% of women having abortions every year have had at least one previous abortion. In 2016, 8.6% of abortions reported were from mothers who had had more than three previous abortions. Abortions are turning more and more into a form of birth control. Another point I have is that the original text of the Hippocratic Oath, traditionally taken by doctors when swearing to practice medicine ethically, forbids abortion. The text states, I will not give a woman a pessary to cause an abortion. The text also reads, above all, I must not play at God. Abortion also promotes a culture in which a human life is disposable. House Representative Randy Holtgren wrote in January 2016 that when we tell one another that that abortion is okay, we reinforce the idea that human lives are disposable, that we can just throw away anything or anyone that inconveniences us. My final point is abortions can eliminate the potential societal contributions of a future human being. It has been reported that mothers of entertainers Celine Dion, Cher, and Justin Bieber were either advised to have abortions or were considering the procedure, but chose to give birth instead. So what I want to leave you with is the reason that you and I are here today is because of the fact that our ancestors did not have the option or means to dispose of their children, so therefore she, we should not either. All of this information comes from Procon.org abortion. This indeed is a controversial topic, an uncomfortable topic, but that's what makes it an important topic. Today, I'm going to be telling you why women should have the right to choose what happens to their own bodies. First off, let's discuss what pro-choice means. A common misconception when pro-life people think of pro-choice people is that they're pro-abortion. During my research for this topic, I stumbled across one video specifically by Sarah Therese, a pro-life woman responding to pro-choice comments, where she frequently uses the term pro-abortion when referring to the pro-choice community, which is completely inaccurate. No pro-choicer is encouraging women to get abortions. That isn't what it's about. Pro-choice means allowing women to choose if they want to have an abortion and allowing them to have that choice if they feel it's necessary. Typically, a pro-choice mindset is a bit more of a progressive view. This might make you think that there would be an increase in abortions during a democratic presidency, but that's incorrect. 
Studies have actually shown that during a Democrat presidency, their abortion rate decreases far more rapidly. This is likely because Democrats make sure that contraceptives and birth control are more accessible to the public. That way, women don't need to get abortions in the first place, and they can just prevent pregnancy before an abortion is necessary. Although generally, abortion is available in the U.S., laws do vary from state to state. Some states have criminalized abortion. In fact, in the state of Alabama, a doctor who performs an illegal abortion is charged for up to 99 years in prison, putting them up there with rapists and murderers. Illegalizing abortion nationwide would lead to more botched abortions. That would cause more mothers and babies to be lost. The most debated part of the pro-life versus pro-choice movement is when life actually begins. As Inesu mentioned in her pro-life argument, life begins at conception, when a woman's egg is fertilized by a sperm. Wouldn't that mean that if a woman has a period, she's not having a potential baby and therefore is not saving a potential child? Why are separate sperm and eggs not treated the same as fertilized ones? This is where there's a lot of gray area. Many people who are pro-life believe that life begins at conception, meaning that killing a fertilized egg is not okay. That means that birth control is unacceptable, and contraceptives can be unpredictable, so there's no guarantee that you will not get pregnant. Asking women to wait to have sex until they're ready to have children can be unrealistic. Only 3% of the U.S. population waits until marriage. A study by the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy found that 80% of unmarried evangelical young adults had sex before marriage. And even if people wait until marriage, there are families who can't support a child. An abortion can range anywhere from 0 to $1,000. $1,000 may seem quite expensive, but based on the Consumer Expenditure Survey, every year a family will pay $12,980 per child. This is extreme considering the average income is $63,179. If a family has two children, that would cost $25,960 a year. That would mean 41.09% of their income is going towards their children for 18 years. As I previously mentioned, pro-life is especially common amongst the Republican Party, but so is the death penalty. Texas and Georgia have both been trying to make it legal to get the death penalty for having or giving an abortion. This logic doesn't quite add up. If you're so adamant about not allowing murder, why are you murdering others? Lastly, we need to remember that 59% of women getting abortions are already mothers, not just teens getting them as a form of birth control. Illegalizing abortions and sentencing people for life in prison or death will do more harm than good. We need to support women who are choosing to get abortions, give them access to birth control and contraceptives, and prevent them from needing abortions in the first place. Women are not objects, and they can make their own choices. We need to let them do it. Now for our favorite part of the podcast, the prompted discussion. Yay! Okay, so <laughs> the first one I am asking to Inesu, and that is, should women not have sex if they aren't ready for a baby? 
Um, no, I don't think that they should have to abstain from sex, but I think that they should understand the risk and accept it before continuing on. But what if that risk, so if they're taking that risk, do you think that they should make sure that they can provide for a baby? Yes. So they shouldn't have sex unless they're ready for a baby? No, but they need to be, they need to know and protect themselves from that risk and even if, like, they need to be able to understand that there are consequences. And it's not saying it's, like, a bad thing, but they need to know that something could come out of it and just be able to plan for that. So they should be ready to have a baby if they decide to have sex. Yes, which is why you essentially should wait for marriage. Um, do you think that women should be taking birth control? I think that taking birth control before you have sex is okay, but... Plan B is essentially a form of abortion, so that could essentially be considered abortion. Well, what birth control does is it kills the egg in the sperm. It makes it so they can't fertilize. But if you take it before, then the sperm hasn't actually, the egg hasn't actually been fertilized yet. So you think that plan B isn't a good option and that people should either carry through the baby? Yes. Okay, so you think that's their only option if they... Or they could adopt. I mean, they could put their baby up for adoption. I'm not saying they have to keep the child, but they need to at least go through with it. Okay. Um, Cohen, when does a woman deserve the right to have an abortion? Like, when does she reserve, like, have that choice? I think that that is her choice. I think that that is, like, her decision, and I think that's the whole point of the um, pro-choice movement. And I think that it's important to make sure that women feel like their life is in their own hands and that they can decide. Because, like I said, women aren't objects and we need to let them think for themselves. Okay, so are you saying that you think it's okay for women to have an abortion if their child has a mental or physical disability? Um, I think that that is at her discretion. Okay, but do you think it's okay if I they personally... Do that? I personally would not get an abortion. I personally wouldn't do that. But okay. I don't think that we should not allow other women to. I think that that it is always a choice that they should make for themselves. And I will never make that choice for somebody else. Just because I personally won't ever do it doesn't mean I can't prohibit someone else from doing that. Okay. I could see that. Okay. So my question to Inesu is a very common one amongst the pro-choice community. And what about rape and incest? That is a hard one. And I personally, I mean, if you're raped and you end up coming out of a child, like coming, if your child ends up coming out of that, I mean, I think it's all about outlook, okay? So if you are raped, and I'm not saying it's a good thing at all, I, I think it's horrible, but if you're raped and a child comes out of that, you can look at that child as a gift or punishment after that. So you could take the rape and be like, oh my gosh, it's a child, that's my punishment for this. Or you could look at it as a gift from that and look at the positive side of that. So what about in the case of incest? Okay, so you mentioned incest. And personally, I think it's like the same idea. Like You could look at it positively and look at the child that you're getting out of it. Or look at it as a child as a punishment. So you think that if you are delivering your father's baby, you should keep that child? 
yes, because that baby is a separate life. It's a, like it's murder if you were to kill it. But what if it's going to have health complications? Like incest. So that's like does. that's basically selective abortion then. So So you like you're basically So let's say this baby will die if they don't. If you or you can have this abortion that take the pill won't hurt the baby or you can let them grow. So you're saying that I could either take the pill and kill the baby while it's like still a fetus or let it grow and possibly have a few years before it dies. What if it's not a few years? What if they're like it has three months outside of the womb, but its brain will be fully like it'll be developed, its nervous system, everything, but it'll die. I mean, I would still want to meet my child. So you I don't, you don't think that's selfish to put it through that suffering in order to just meet your child? You don't think it's more humane to just painlessly kill it? No, I think that I think that it would be good because I mean when you're thinking about it this fetus like you're just killing I mean so if you would rather kill it before you could meet it and it could like actually see things and experience things you would rather kill it before it could do that I'd want to kill it before it was developed I would want to put it through as less struggle as I possibly could Okay. And Not what that if... I would ever get an abortion, but if that were my situation, I would consider it. Okay, and what if it didn't have complications? Then of course not. You would keep it even if it was your father's baby? I personally would not, but I would never force another woman to. Okay. Um, question for you. Is it murder? I don't think it's murder. Okay, why not? Because, um... There is a point, and this is kind of what I was talking about, it really is just up to your discretion whether or not you would like to get an abortion, because you ultimately get to decide if it's murder or not, and so I do think that in certain cases it would be considered murder, because especially where we're from, um, you're allowed to have an abortion up until dilation, and that is really sad and devastating, but um, we just have to let people make that decision for themselves. And so I would say in some cases I would consider it murder, but I can't really distinguish where that line is, where it isn't or isn't like anymore. Okay, and why in some cases and not in others? Um, because as a baby develops, it is changing and so, like I said, if there are two cells, like, you believe that um, life begins at conception, but I personally believe that that is not the case, and I think that Plan B is not an abortion, and I think that that is actually a very responsible thing to do, um, but I don't, I can't say if it's murder. I think that that needs to be up at the that needs to be at the discretion of the mother who is deciding whether or not to abort her baby, and that is up to her. Okay. Okay, so my last one is, should the death penalty be a punishment for having an abortion or giving an abortion? Um, I think like what you were saying, I think there needs to be a line. So I feel like after... After how long, though? Like, when is it okay to kill a baby? I feel like any time 
after like 15 weeks. Why? Would be because they are that's when they can start feeling pain and that's when they can start actually like feeling things and that's when they like if you were to abort your baby then they would definitely feel the pain from it. So if it's 13 weeks, it's okay to give one, but if it's at 15 weeks Wait, let me then you're that. then you can say, be sentenced to death for that. No. I think that you should be punished but not death. So do you think the death penalty is a okay punishment for giving or receiving an abortion no okay so that is where we are going to end our wonderful prompted discussion thank you for listening and have a nice day or night or whatever time it is whatever time you're listening at yeah bye bye <laughs>